That is a very nice fish. We love this fish. We have a mystery fish. It's truly incredible. Thank you for this fish mystery. Thank you. We love it. Shout out to Mystery with the mystery fish. Oh, you are recording. I am, because this will be a great cold open, so... All right. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the TF Tuesday podcast. Uh, coming live to you from FWA. We, we, that's okay. We weren't on the schedule, but that wasn't going to keep us down. We were going to have a podcast anyways. So uh, thanks, but no thanks, FWA. We'll, we'll uh, ignore your schedule and still have one. No, no, we love them. We love them. Yeah, we keep positive. Uh, we have a very intimate audience with us here today. Uh, very pleased to have them, um, including Mystery with their fish. We do love that. And we have a very special guest here to chat with us today, uh, going by the name of Hornbuckle. So would you like to introduce yourself? My name is Triangle Ornero, Professor Scritch Zack. <laughs> Zaleppo. <laughs> Thank you. Hornbuckle, yes. transformation artist. Yes. You all know me. We do. I know most of you, and I'm going to know more of you. Season two, episode fourteen. If you want episode before. fourteen. Okay. I remember. That was me. It was the, the real OG. Love That's guy. right. You learned a little bit about my backstory and learned a little bit about yours, and yeah. it was a good time. It was a good time. It was a good time. Yeah. I'm really ha happy to have you here. And um, as always, uh, I have to put in my little plug before we start. So if you like the content that we make, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash tftuesdaypod. I'm sure many people actually like go into their like uh, Apple or whatever and like skip this part, but it is important. We do love everyone who subscribes to the Patreon. And if you do, you can get invited to live recordings like this one at your local cons. So... Uh, you know, give it up for our, all of our Patreons here. We do it's appreciate that. Than 15 seconds. <laughs> We're going to take 15.1 seconds. You're still going to hear this. Yeah. That's value. $10 can give you. Exactly. Exactly. So really excited to have you all here. And as always, uh, you can join our Patreon and help support us. It does help keep us going. It helps pay my bills. So um, we love that. Uh, we do love that. So I'm really excited to uh, have you here today, Hornbuckle. I know that we have uh, a few topics on the agenda, um, but you know, to kind of like start it off, I'm curious as to what your experience has been like so far at FWA. Have you been enjoying it? I know you've been vending, so there's been a lot going on on your end. FWA 2023 is the best convention. If you're not here, I am so sorry. You're missing a incredible con experience. Don't cry. Just come to the next one. Make it happen. Come meet all of us. Come have a big, fun party talking about TF. And it's been great. It's really been great. Everyone's been wonderful. You feel the love here, and this is what I've been needing. So I appreciate being here, all of you being here. And I know that um, one of the things you've been vending, uh, you have this uh, comic out with uh, Cine Mini, uh, which I'm very excited to talk about because, you know, 
I think we kind of touch on this every so often in like various different ways in some of the episodes, but like sometimes it's really interesting to have kind of a slightly malevolent entity causing your transformations. And I feel like Cine Mini really fits into that. So I was curious to get a little bit of background as to what kind of was the genesis of the character and what kind of drew you towards making TF content with them as kind of like the impetus for changes. I'm too fucking nice. So I can't be the one to uh, initiate some, uh, I might not want this TF. I can't, but I really needed an outlet and a character who could be that force of chaos, uh, mischievousness that I just am not as much as I try to be. I am too nice. So Cine Mini came because we, my, we as in my partner Jamie and I, were talking about Cinnamon. And so we're saying Cine, Cinnamon, Cine, Cine Mini, Cine, you know. And I was like, Cine Mini just sounds like a great name for an agent of chaos. And I love hamsters and small creatures <laughs> and bears. And I was like, pink. So this vision of Cine Mini, the pink ham bear, who wears a little bow tie and has one of those like creepy yeah. stares of like 1950s era, you know, uh, Twilight. Twilight Zone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they, they go, they're, they're they them because they can embody feminine and masculine, but the, but them themselves as their little ham bears is, is not gendered. They are just a little yeah. agent of chaos. Um, chaos doesn't have a gender. Exactly, and so they can morph into the role that they need to be, um, and. Usually, in the end, the twist is that the person does enjoy it, or it's well-deserved that this person gets it. Because, again, I am just too nice. I can't go hardcore. Yeah. No, that's a good point. And, you know, I mean, knowing you, you are a very nice person. So I understand why you might need, like, a another character as an outlet for that. Um, and, you know, I think what's really interesting about the character, and, you know, you've kind of alluded to this already, but the Twilight Zone element really comes into play with them of, you know, someone either getting what they deserve or alternatively someone asking for something and getting a little bit too much. You know, the monkey paw curls a little bit too much and they get something they weren't anticipating you know uh, one of the comics I know that you've worked on with them already was uh, about seeing someone smile and them turning into a hyena I guess I was curious as to what kind of drew you towards that kind of like hyena TF because it was kind of like the first like introduction to the character at least to the people on your uh, Patreon I'm a 90s kid and I grew up with the Lion King and those are some of the best damn hyena designs ever to this day now, my hyena doesn't look exactly like that, but that's what I had in mind. It was, it was inspired by them and always will be. Um, Shenzi, I love you. You're my girl. Uh, yeah. Oh, my God, so much. Whoopi Goldberg, I love you. And the person who is being transformed by Cindy Mini, his name is Mr. Rose, and he appeared in a comic I made called Drafted. He was the first victim, and it was all about a criminal to be rehabilitated um, via hard work as another creature. But it's not meant to be cruel. It's meant to be, let's get a different perspective, you know, and, and then, then you can transform back into a human. And I thought, I mean, I think that's genius. I think that would be great if transformation could happen. All right, inmates, let's see what you like being a swan. Let's see how, the, let's see how that happens. You know, you, a hamster, you're going you're gonna to feel the wrath yeah. of a three-year-old. Um <laughs> Don't give three-year-olds hamsters. 
And so I, I picked Mr. Rose because he had been that person, and uh, I play a small role where I give him the Cine Mini figurine uh, that in, introduces the, the transformation. Now, Mr. Rose didn't do anything. I am just fucking with him. Okay, I'm just because I was like, I just need a character that I've already you know made and just to, to try this because it was something new, and I want to make more of them featuring Cine Mini in my little zines. So there'll be more, more of the mischievousness. Yeah, yeah. I think it's really interesting that, you know, you're kind of using this character as an outlet for, I guess, feelings that you feel like you can't express yourself because you're too nice. And, you know, again, as we've mentioned, like, you're kind of leaning on another established character for the being the transformation subject. Um, So I guess my question is more around the kind of construct of these two having that kind of dynamic of like someone who's kind of inflicting TF on someone in kind of a maybe mean way. And then another person being the subject. Do you feel like you identify with both of them? How dare you? (laughs) (laughs) The look that Zaleppo has just given me was, I can't even go like just a, it was the smuggest, but most endearing face. <laughs> I love it, and I love you. Uh, <laughs> thank you. You know, to take the easy way out, I'll just say yes. Fair. I I appreciate the just the quiet the quiet yes the quiet yes. It, I feel like it said more than anything else you could have said. So I appreciate that. You know, one thing I've always enjoyed about TF in particular is that kind of a dynamic of like someone that's like maybe kind of malevolent, but also like not benevolent, but like giving out kind of like just desserts. And, you know, I feel like that's kind of fallen a little bit out of like taste for lack of a better term to some degree lately in like the TF scene, you know, like obviously I love my empowering TFs. I love my like happy TFs. I get them all the time. Like, don't get me wrong, but I do like the TFs that have a little twinge of like a, a just dessert. And I feel like to some degree that is less prevalent these days. And I know I've talked about this with other folks on the podcast before, but I was curious to kind of get your take as to if you've kind of seen that in a similar way or if you feel differently. No, I've seen it. And um, I've seen myself lean that way too, because there's this movement of uh, more empowering TS, which is good. We don't not want that. That's really awesome. But then there's the, the darker side of people being like, oh, I'm not allowed to have dark thoughts. And it's like, you are allowed to have dark thoughts. And I am saying that because I need to remind myself that too. And dark, I mean, people can go super dark and people can just like be like, you know, a little tiny dark. And I say I'm a little tiny dark and I'm more hesitant to share that, which is why I needed the Atlas in a mini because it's, it fascinates us and there's nothing wrong with it. There's no one, you know, it's, it's consensual because I'm, the one in charge of these characters you know i'm not going to put them through something dreadful and i'm not bashing anybody who does that kind of tf uh but for myself you know getting just desserts or getting something you weren't expected or a little bit of bullying i'm like it's fine it's you want to experience it do i want to be bullied a little bit i do but i don't but here i can draw it you know do i want to bully somebody yeah but not really so i'll draw it (laughs) you know i'm not really gonna do that in real life but like yeah let's just express these feelings that we have you know they get out um frustrations in our daily life or they express you know um things that we can't actually physically express because we can't physically tf so <laughs> let's let's uh let's draw some more of that but i have seen it it's true i have seen the, the little drop off. drop off so hopefully we can bring that back 
And I love that you've been saying all of this as you're wearing a pin that says I'm a bully. I really do love that. And I know it's it's towards people who want to be bullied, but like I do appreciate that you're wearing it. On demand, yeah. That's what it should be. On demand, yeah. <laughs> if you want it, I can give it to you. Yeah. So I guess I'm also curious, you know, one thing I've noticed about folks who tend to explore the more darker side, I'm putting this in quotations, you can't see it, but the darker side, I've noticed that does tend to map towards people who identify more or less as like TF tops. And I know that we've kind of like talked about that before. Do you feel like you would be interested in exploring those kinds of changes if you yourself were the subject? Or do you only find an interest in that when you might be the person who is inflicting it either directly or indirectly through another character? The second one. (laughs) (laughs) I was about to hand it back to Zill. No, I'm very protective of myself. And I always have been. And people have been so kind to want to offer to pay me to draw myself transforming and I'm like I can't because I am working so hard on myself I cannot I cannot do my my <laughs> true self in that so the avatars that I have is what lets me express that side being myself is too personal and then it's the opposite for some people some people I have drawn them for years and they are themselves TFing and that's beautiful so there's many empowering ways I find to be empowered through avatars that I can play with and be different roles. No, I think that makes sense. And, you know, one thing that I'll say is I obviously explore it in in a different way. But one thing I think that's really wonderful about TF is that be it, you know, TF top, bottom, whatever you want to call it, there's so many different ways to engage with the topic and to use, I think, avatars as a way to explore some of those different things that you don't want to explore, like, with your own personal avatar, I think is a really beautiful way to explore, like, the different facets of transformation. So then I guess my other question would be, you know, obviously Cinemini has a very Twilight Zone flavored kind of vibe to them. Were you kind of drawn to, like, the Twilight Zone, like, growing up? Or, like, where did that kind of inspiration or vibe come from? The Twilight Zone scared the shit out of me. (laughs) I did not like it. I was confused and terrified. But isn't that those things that just get you in childhood that make you come back and want to be like, what was it that scared me and can I face it? And so me, Mr. Nice Guy, is like, well, (laughs) here's this cute little hand bear. My own little flavor of the Twilight Zone. Yeah. Uh, that's where it stemmed from, though. I, I was I was inspired, but I can't say I've seen all the Twilight Zones. I'm not a Twilight Zone buff, but I remember seeing it. It's scaring me. And now I can address it in adulthood and be like, you know, what can I make of this that can be more empowering? So my own little character. <laughs> a la Twilight Zone. I know you said you weren't a buff of it, but are there any, like, particular TFE episodes that stand out to you, at least in your memory? Sadly. There's this one episode where, like, a kid can just do things with, I think it's a boy, doesn't matter, but this kid, like, can do things with their mind. And there's, <laughs> I don't even remember how it ends, but there's this moment where I think he turns, like, an adult into a jack-in-the-box. And you see the shadow of the jack-in-the-box. You don't see the, I think you just see the shadow. And I was like, that kid just turned that person into a jack-in-the-box, I am going to go have nightmares for the next week. (laughs) No. (laughs) Bad nightmares. Um, But but the fact that it moved me so much, (laughs) 
that I still remember it to this day. I mean, it has to, you know, it, it did move me for better or for worse. I haven't forgotten. <laughs> Jack in the boxes. It's true. On this blessed day. You know, it's funny you mentioned that one. I haven't seen that particular episode, but now I want to go see it because I'm like, that sounds hot to me. But I mean, you know, whatever. Your mileage may vary. You know, as a kid, you're just like, I have no concept of any of this is terrifying. But now as an adult, you're like, well, maybe this could be, uh, this could be useful for something. <laughs> and we love that. Yeah, I think that the Twilight Zone in particular had a really big impact on the kind of quote-unquote kind of meaner TFs because there are so many of them. And, you know, maybe this is a an artifact of being, like, older folks in the TF community, but, like, I feel its influence in a lot of different TF pieces. And, you know, as we've kind of trended towards, like, moving away from the kind of, like, darker aspects... I feel like that influence has waned a little bit. Um, so maybe this isn't like a conscious thing, but do you kind of see bringing like City Mini and those kinds of tropes in as a way to kind of revive those themes? Or is kind of like the Twilight Zone-esque stuff still like wholly separate from what you're trying to do? Just repeat the question. Simplify it, yeah. Basically what I'm asking is, I feel like Twilight Zone's influence has waned over time. Do you feel like what you're doing is helping to bring it back a little bit, or is it something completely different? Um, that wasn't my intention. It, it really purely was, how can I express different sides of myself safely, and if I contribute to bringing back some darker TF, you know? And Okay, you have to understand, when I say darker... This is the scale when I say darker. I'm sugar, okay? And I'm just talking about baking some bread. Like, that's how dark I'm going to go, okay? You know? Um, but because I... <laughs> some white bread I am just baking. <laughs> it doesn't get to... Make some rye bread. I don't know. I do love rye bread, and that's dark. So, pumpernickel. Oh, now we're talking about bread, and now I'm hungry. And, uh... <laughs> nope. Why don't... I don't want to be bread. <laughs> triangle doesn't want to be bread, so don't anyone TF triangle on the bread. Miss Any Minnie's gonna uh, being bread is fine, actually. Right? You get, you get to be soft and uh, you get hard, nice crunchy crust, and oh yeah, you get those cool designs on top. If you're like a nice round, round bread, mm. slice you up, slather some PB and J, butter, hummus. What was the question? Does yeast make good parents? Does they're yeast, raising they're raising, oh <laughs> you know, because they're raising you. Uh, that was Onera. No. <laughs> <laughs> Professor Scritch just said, you're too young to make dad jokes. You're never too young to make dad jokes. Listen, daddy is a state of mind, okay? It's not an age, okay? Take it from me. That's all. That was my dark scale. No, my dark scale. I mean, cause, because I've seen some TF that I'm not into. And again, I'm not bashing it, but I, because I can't go dark because it, it scares me. It's not where I need to go. I think I've had enough darkness literally in my life that I'm like, no, no, I'm good. We're basically going to bake some bread. Honestly, I love this for you. I am definitely the other direction of like, I've had lots of darkness, but let's get some more. But, you know... I, I Thank you. Thank you. I, I, it's definitely your mileage may vary kind of thing. But yeah, I think just in general, and I think this is also something I've noticed, like being at the convention itself, you know, like 
it's so nice to see folks really like expressing themselves and really coming into themselves. And, you know, sometimes coming into yourself also includes like exploring the dark sides, but sometimes it doesn't. And one thing I think that's really interesting just about having that kind of avatar that that you've introduced is you were basically introducing a way to have that duality, almost like that dialectic thinking of, you know, like I can be myself, I can be very positive, you know, I can be in this space and experience myself, uh, express myself. And then I can also have this other side that, you know, it's, it's another character. It's not really me, but like I can explore some ideas that maybe I wouldn't otherwise, you know? No, exactly. That's exactly why it's there. You know, I, I've I put myself on hold for too long, and I I don't really have many OCs. You know, I have my I have my persona. That's that's about it. And I I've constantly over the past ten years tried to develop and make characters, and nothing stuck. And Cine Mini, I'm like, there they are. You know, that that's one, which I hope will be of many um, OCs that will give me the outlet for different, you know, ways I want to express myself. So then I want to ask, you know, obviously Cinemini is a part of uh, the Patreon that you're running right now and kind of the content that you're producing. I have noticed that you are also producing kind of like Twilight zone stuff that doesn't necessarily involve Cinemini, but is a part of the Patreon. So how do you feel like those two things tie into each other? How Cinemini and the other things that don't involve Cinemini tie into each other. <laughs> I don't know if there is. Uh, it's. I think it's just the path I am on, and so there's going to be a lot of similarities. Uh, and it, it will evolve and grow <laughs> as I go along, hopefully with the help of my patrons, who I am yeah. so grateful for. <laughs> no, that's totally fair. Not everything has to have a grand theory. I just ask the questions, okay? But, you know. <laughs> so, obviously, you know, you've been vending at FWA here, and part of the process of vending includes, like, creating physical merch, and, you know, you have plenty of TF physical merch, and, you know, I know we've ta- we talked about this last season with uh, Shadow Fox, but I was curious to hear kind of the thought process behind how you settled on things you're going to make, and then how you kind of went about, like, making them, like, what was the process and such? A lot of the things I brought were developed through Patreon with my patrons who have asked their opinion through polls, what they'd like to see, what kind of TFs. I had a bunch of sticker designs and I asked for the top three that they would want to see as a sticker first. I, I gotta do these in batches. Printing things is not simple and it's not cheap, which is why as vendors you really gotta pick and choose. You know, you're gonna have limited space, you're gonna have limited funds. Um, so I had to invest a lot into this and I wanted to make sure I made things that even if they didn't sell at a FWA that I can then offer online. So uh, the specifically TF stickers were because of my excellent patrons. The zine was more of my my own idea, and it was more of me sharing with my patrons that this was happening, and I wanted to give them a discount when it first came out. So that's how I, I let them be involved with that. The print, it was m- one of my most popular prints. It's called Sorry Charlie, and it's a gang of werewolves um, again, this is another outlet forcing another guy into becoming a werewolf. And very hot. <laughs> very hot. I know, right? Uh, <laughs> so far, one has sold. And I am surprised. So people need to get in on this hotness, okay? Sorry, Charlie is like... Mm, get, get some. <laughs> and then uh, I've had these special limited edition um, sparkly... Uh, holographic prints. The, um, they're large. I just haven't found a way to 
ship them properly. I'm working on it. It's it's been uh, busy over this this past half year, so it's nice to bring that stack here and offer it uh, to people in person. And then again, I hope I can offer them on online. And the um, TF booklet called Growing Pains was an amalgamation of mostly. I think most of the TFs in there are also patron funded and suggested, you know, uh, bef- I had a long pause. I had a long hiatus because COVID just knocked me on my ass. Uh, but before that, I did ask uh, people for like sketch suggestions and live sketching. And so like you'll see all that work from from patron ideas in that sketchbook. And so I had to bring that. Um, trying to think what else did I bring? Um, buttons. Um, Zach helped me come up with some buttons. Zach Loop over there. So quiet. Hi, I'm Zach. <laughs> <laughs> Who is also a fantastic artist and my ta- table mate. Things like uh, transforming into something more comfortable. I love you for that. And get queer, get comfortable. I think we kind of worked on that together. I think we were yeah, yeah. And just a uh, fun little little TF things like that. And then the buttons and stickers also have had for a while. And some of them are TFA. But uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty much how it goes. <laughs> Please support your people, all your vendors. Bye, bye, bye. Because <laughs> we log a bunch of stuff with us. And we do not want to take it all back. And it's all for you. So bye, bye, bye. <laughs> so I'm curious. You know, obviously you're vending in the main vendor hall. What kind of reactions you get sometimes from the folks who aren't necessarily into TF? Because, you know, obviously all the TF people, they see you on the, the schedule. And they're like, oh, I got to go to Hornbuckle's table. But, you know, there's lots of people who come through the vendor halls. And I'm curious if you've had any interesting or unique interactions with, like, non-TF people who like come up to your table and they're like, oh, you know, like, what is this? What's going on here? That kind of stuff. Bless the people who don't know what TF is or, or just don't know. So I, I'm very personable. And so I, I tend to ask or I just I say, look, all your TF needs and they kind of stare blankly. And I'm like, they're not into TF. And I'll say, uh, are you into transformation? And they're like, um, not really. And I'm like, well, that's okay. Yeah, you might develop something, you know, like a, a new new interest here. And they're like, mm, and they nod and they walk away. <laughs> so bless them. It's okay. You don't have to be into it. And you're always welcome at the tables. And you're always welcome to ask questions. So, uh, But then some other ones have been like, well, not in particular, but, but maybe werewolves. And I showed them my werewolf stuff and they bought it. So, you know, I think werewolves, for me personally, like I, I talked about in season two, episode 14, uh, that werewolves were my... <laughs> Uh, introduction into TF and like that's my one true love original is like werewolves I will always stop for werewolves I should get a bumper sticker stops for werewolves <laughs> I will make that sticker no one else steal that um, it's my idea we're in called TM TM <laughs> mine uh, <laughs> be available in a month that is all that is all no, that's great. I, I really do feel like werewolves are like such a gateway drug to TF and I do like love and appreciate them and, and I just love werewolves in general. But I, I find it funny that that's kind of like the way to like introduce like quote unquote normies. It's like, so do you know werewolves? And they're like, yeah. And it's like, okay, what if you were interested in that? And they're like, I don't understand. And it's like, okay, that's fine. We've lost you already. That's fine. To which I'm like, come on, y'all are furries. Like, who wouldn't want a hot werewolf daddy or mommy? Like, come on, give me a break. Like, please, okay? Or themmy, you know, like, I'm not going to discriminate. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I guess then when you do have, obviously, folks who are interested in TF who come up and, like, obviously want to, like, start a conversation with you because you're very personable and, you know, like, want to talk about your merch, 
do you have any that like stand out as like someone will be like you know what this one i saw it and it was just like i was really drawn to it and like you know this is the one that makes me keep coming back to your booth at conventions i do and i'm so grateful for those folk who come up so eager to chat about it and they'll see you have skunks and like that's the one they want and they're so grateful skunks oh oh you have raccoons i love raccoons that's what yeah, um, the rabbit, the, um, my rabbit sticker, which is not specifically TF, it's more Hypno, it's more Alice in Wonderland trippy. Uh, I'm surprised how many even TF people are like, oh, the white rabbit, you know, and th- that has sold. And it's, oh, I love when people want to tell me their stories of why they're drawn to it, because that means a lot to me. That something I made resonated so deeply with somebody that they're willing to, you know, put down some cash for it. I, I mean, thank you. Like, I work hard and it's good to see that people appreciate it but not just appreciate it, but resonate with it oh always so happy yeah it's funny you mention that now because as i'm sitting here thinking about you know like alice in wonderland is very much kind of a tfe kind of story and we might not think about it initially but like there's a lot of tf that goes on in that story isn't there yes <laughs> uh <laughs> Uh, the one that's jumping out in my mind, of course, is Alice herself, you know, becoming very big and becoming very small. What other TF was there? I, I mean, the Cheshire Cat's got that mischievous kind of like, yeah, yeah. I'm blinking, but it's worth another rewatch. And also, if you've ever seen any other variations of Alice in Wonderland besides the Disney one, that's some trippy stuff that you should check out. Was there was there a Polish film? I can't remember. I it's the Polish it's film, the Polish film right, Alice. The, yes, it's incredible. Yeah. And it's it's not it's yes, she gets small and she gets big. Yeah. And if you're into TF and you're not into like macro micro, you're like, what? Excuse me? Yeah. She just gets small and big. But there's something very potent about the fact that like, sorry, she can't fucking do things because she's very small, or she can't do things because she's very big. And that is. Yes. Aptophilia. Yes. Yes. It's it's so good. It's so good. Watch that movie. It's Polish. Polish. Polish Alice in Wonderland. Watch it now. Watch it today. Watch it tonight. I'll find like the link and put it in the show notes or something so that people can go watch it. But yeah, no, I, I just think like, and I guess this kind of wraps around to so many of our other conversations, like aptophilia very much like permeates a lot of these like kind of changes. And even when we think of something more like basic, like Alice in Wonderland with like the changes, it's like, well, maybe it's like, oh, just like human getting bigger, smaller. But like there are TFE vibes that permeate that, that then play into how the character is interacting with the world around them. And if that isn't TF, well, then I don't know what is, you know, like it's such an important part of it. So, you know, I always think about, you know, thinking back to that sticker, you know, it's like there's so much media that we have around us that we don't even realize necessarily is like quote unquote TF. And I know that sounds kind of like passe, but it's true. Like we think of things that are very basic, be it, for example, uh, you know, like very simple mind changes because of something. And that changes how someone like interacts with the world. That is definitely still transformation. And I feel like one of the things that you've gone to explore with a lot of your different commissions is those kinds of mental changes. So I was curious if you had any thoughts as to how you try to depict those and also like your general thoughts on mental changes in general as they're depicted in the artwork that you create. Mental changes are, are some of the hardest ones because sometimes it involves you, you need words or at least sound effects 
you know, human going to outright dog, like just dog brain, doggy dog dog. That's a little easier because you're gonna you're gonna see it in the face, you're gonna see it in the expression. Suddenly, a big dopey tongue lolling, you know, big eyed dog expression, and just going bark. You know, there's no person left in that for now. You know, you, you know, could c- come back, maybe they'll come back. But I I've found some challenges of uh, <laughs> character to character or character to some sort of um, extreme c- character, and it's all in the eyes, in the expression, in the body language, because you'll go from, like, human, mousy person to big, strong, almost like a werewolf. But it's not just about the animalistic part. They want to say, make him look confident or make her look like she knows what she's got and she's ready to rock your world. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> that is not words. Um, <laughs> so challenging but very rewarding when you and the client find the, the, the right you know chef's kiss moment and I, I like those I, I like that challenge are there any particular mental changes that you like to explore in your personal work <laughs> um, yes but I wasn't prepared to have to think that they had to know yeah, a little deeper um, in my own personal work like the yeah. work for myself I I like seeing and trying to show someone g- give over to, I'm going to call it temptation. So it's not that maybe they initially wanted it, but they see that it is what they wanted deep down. And that's really nice to see them to be like, oh, I was missing this in my life. And oh, I will, I will finally actually find confidence. So the TF wasn't initially meant to make that person confident, but but they find their confidence through that TF. Yeah. That's great. I love that, honestly. That's a great fucking trope. And I have seen you, like, do that, not only just, of course, with your personal work, but also, like, with some of the things that have been commissioned from you. And, yeah, and which I always think is interesting. And so then I guess my next question is, you know, when it comes to things like mental changes, like, obviously, you get commissioned for a wide variety of of stuff. Is there any kind of like mental changes that you feel like are just like not really in your wheelhouse or do you feel like you kind of can always take on the, I guess, challenge to some degree of depicting whatever it is that a commissioner might be asking for on that front? Like with any artist, I have, I have my limitations. I have my will and won't draw list. So I won't bother. Li- I won't bother talking about the things I won't draw because no one commissions me because I don't accept those. So the ones that, that uh, I do and maybe catch me off guard, not in a bad way, but like, oh, I have never thought of that. I have never thought of that. Um, I feel like if, if they can express to me their passion about it, I can have the empathy for it and therefore clearly translate it. Uh, doesn't matter if I would never have thought of it in a million years. If, if they can share with me why this is like, this is it. I'm like, all right, I can draw that. <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. Um, I think that it's always interesting to see artists like who, obvi- uh, like outside, of course, you won't draw less, like exploring topics that maybe wouldn't come to you at first. But then you're like, you know what? I can try that. I can like try this suit on and see, you know, how I can make it fit properly for you. I always think that's kind of interesting. So, for example... I had never in a million years would have thought that anyone could or would want to turn into clothing. I would never have thought of that. Where have you been? Where have you been? But the moment, the moment I was exposed, I was like, duh. But I just didn't think it. That's the thing. That's what I'm saying. You know, I have been immersed into this community who, uh, you know, 
thankfully people have thought of these things and have chosen to share with me and ask me to draw. I'm like, oh, of course. Of course. I had no idea. This is brilliant. And shout out, I hope that they do not mind, but shout out to Ty, who has helped me maybe draw some like the most inanimate object TFs and really exposed me to that. And I was like, this is incredible. I would not have known you'd want to be a pepper shaker. Like, you know, right? But it has its charm. And I am so grateful for, for the clients who do kind of throw the curveball at me. And I'm like, yeah, I got you. Yeah. Triangle, do you have anything else to add on that topic? Because I feel like you reacted very strongly to that. Years ago. Uh, on what topic? On the topic of inanimate TF? Yeah. What? On oh, clothing. On clothing specifically. Okay, so there's a... There's an intimacy involved, which is... Uh, attractive, but also a, a dependency, right? There's an ability to be extremely close to a person. You know, actually, it's quite different to be... Most of the inanimate TF that I see is related, actually, to, like, becoming an object that another person is going to use. It's, it's not anonymous, right? It's not anonymized. It's a specific person. And so it's related to another individual. And I think it's, it's connected to the idea of being completely, basically used at the whim of another person that I think is it's fucking addictive it's very interesting and it, what what triangle means to say it's fucking hot it's <laughs> it's extre- it's extremely fucking hot um, listen listen to triangle it's extremely fucking hot um so I I encourage everyone to become clothing <laughs> you heard it here everyone let's turn into some clothing and get really intimate so now I'm going to pick on you a little bit. What's your favorite item of clothing to turn into? Fuck you. Uh, favorite item of clothing? I mean, no. I don't want to say, like, underwear. What underwear? <laughs> underwear. It's great. It's too late. I've said it. It's great. It's great. Because what are you going to do? Where else are you going to go? What is the most intimate part of a person to kind of like become a part of, basically? It's yeah. that. Well, we're not talking CTF. We're not, talking, no, no, we're not, we're not going there. Please, excuse me. No, we're not going to do that. But if we're talking clothing, yeah, it's great. And you should like it too. That's it. That's all for me. I love it. Also, I will always shell CTF. So, you know, the, I, I will be the one to shell that. That's another story. I'm curious then, um, are there any topics from our wonderful intimate audience here that you've been waiting for us to maybe explore that we haven't talked about yet? I'm putting y'all on the spot a little bit now, but yeah. I do. I'm really curious from the artist's perspective on how transformation and leveraging the sort of people's appeals in that transformation plays out and how you plan out the artistic composition of a specific piece. Also including when you're making something specifically for merchandising compared to something for far away viewing. So to, to be clear, the question is, sorry, no, no, I'm trying to paraphrase it now I can't. I'm sorry, can you just condense it? I, I am a little inebriated. <laughs> <laughs> so when you're planning out a piece, you have to plan out poses, positioning, um, if you ever do any background work, you have to plan out that in relation to the model. And I'm just curious how doing something specifically related to transformation, it influences how you do the specific composition for each of your artworks outside of just literally showing what is being asked of. Um, I'm not sure this is going to answer exactly, but I am going to jump off from here. Uh, I have some clients who I know very well, and I know what they like, and it'll be very different from the next client over. So 
uh, some clients really want to see tail bursts. Like, that's their jam. They may not even ask for it, but I know them well enough now that they want it. Some people will ask for uh, lots of rippage in clothing. They don't even have to ask for it. I know they want it. And so when I'm planning out merchandise or just, like, drawings that I, I do want to share and entice and, you know, grow the community with, I'll be like, well, I know a good portion like tail bursts. I know a good portion like torn clothing. I know a good portion like um, happy or excited. I know a good portion like it just like really raw, you know, just a little dark. Uh, so I do think those, I do take all that um, into consideration. And usually, also hopefully to answer your question a little bit better, when most clients will come to me and know exactly what they want, and they'll tell me like, I want to pose up to you, but definitely show the face or definitely show the feet. But they're open to however I do it. And yeah, that, that p plays a big part. And having done it so many times now, I, I can kind of play with what I think that new client might like and work well with if they don't, I'm like, well, then you're going to like this next one. And they do. So it, it, it has helped also to have uh, drawn a lot of it. <laughs> a lot. Thousands. That is not an exaggeration. Thousands, literally. I'm still trying to put together books one day. That's what part of my Patreon is for, to give me, allow me the time to put together the, the um, catalogs, <laughs> backlogs from 2015 onward, uh, hundreds of uh, images a year. So look forward to that. I'll also add, I mean, I don't sell physical merch per se, but to your point around the posing, I mean, when I think about it from a photo manipulation perspective, um, there's usually two kind of tiers or like approaches with images I'll think about. Um, the first is when someone wants like a direct adaptation of a TF piece they've wanted. So I will say, okay, so, you know, we have the image that you'd like to see adapted. Um, try and, you know, mimic the pose in this way. If this is too challenging, you know, maybe do this other thing with your hand or arm or whatever um the second one is when it's like coming with like a raw concept and it's like you know i want you know i want this energy in the piece i want it to show these emotions i want to show the tail burst or you know the face changing in this way all those kinds of things at that point i will actually then kind of take on like the posing to some degree i'll be like all right so this is kind of what I'm hearing from you. This is the kind of pose that I think you should take. And I actually have like a catalog of like stock poses that I have taken myself. And I'll be like, okay, maybe you want to try something kind of like this, but change X, Y, or Z um, to get across the emotion or the energy of the piece that you're really aiming for. And this will help to show off the changes as well in, in a way that makes sense for a photo manipulation. So in those cases, I do have to do a bit more brain racking. I will admit there are some poses I do go back to that I'm like, you know, maybe you want to try something like this. But by and large, I think the energy that the commissioner is looking for is always what kind of dictates the piece. And I think that, you know, and I, I'm sure this is similar for you, Hornbuckle, like we kind of try to find a way to embody that as best as we can. And of course, you know, part of that also comes with showing works in progress to the commissioner and being like, what do you think of this? It's very different photo manipulation versus drawing because, you know, I've got one picture to start with. I can't like completely change an arm, but I can do what I can try to do and fix it however they may want it to be fixed. And Oftentimes, I think that 
it's really just a matter of the commissioner kind of seeing something on paper and then that helps to get them in their mind okay how does this align with what i was mentally picturing and what would need to change in order to bridge that gap and then we kind of step in as artists to kind of bridge that gap so yeah uh do we have any other questions we're all looking at professor scritch (laughs) (laughs) oh sorry that's a microphone is yeah so um are there any tf themes that you enjoy that you wish people would commission more of okay i'm gonna go first oh so i don't have any like real like hard limits on like what i will do for a photo manipulation i mean my my bread and butter is obviously animal tfs particularly anthro but i can do pretty much anything And one thing that I always find that I wish I had more of was like uh, subjects with more than one. So like two subject pieces. And obviously I know this is hard from like a photo manipulation perspective because like you don't necessarily have like someone to be in the picture with you, but you can have like joint people who like, you know, there's two separate stock images and then you kind of like stitch them together. And I just like, I never get commissioned for those. And I really wish people did one, you know, to be like completely frank. I mean, it's a more interesting thing for me to do. And two, I just, I feel like there's something really intimate with having like two people in a transformation picture. And I personally love to see when pictures have those like two people in with them. There's just like the interplay between people. You can read so much into like the dynamics at play. You can almost like read what the relationship is between the people based on how they're reacting to one another. And it's just something that's so rare in photo manipulation that it makes me sad. And I really wish I got to do more of that. So I would say that's like the main thing. Um, In terms of like themes more strictly though, I mean, I would love to do more like hypnosis based stuff. I don't really get commissioned for that. Most of the like hypno level kind of stuff has all been in my personal work, which (laughs) I don't get to do much of lately, but that's another story. So, you know, I I would like to see more of that and my like stuff that I'm commissioned for. And I think broadly speaking, like I kind of would like a little bit more of like the like bad end mean stuff because I do really like it and I don't really get commissioned for that, which is fine. Like I love doing like the validating happy TF pieces or like just the like standard surprised TF pieces, but like, let's get some horror in here. Y'all, you know, like I want to make something that makes people be like, Oh fuck, that's scary. So I'll just jump right off of that, uh, that you mentioned the, the horror. And again, remember, I'm not super dark. But what I do like and love, and I will just probably almost almost automatically, as long as you qualify in other ways, say yes to a commission that involves werewolves. I know it's basic bitch TF, but it's classic TF. And it's my first love, and for the dark part, someone having a tough time with it. It doesn't have to be, oh boy, I'm turning into a werewolf. It can be gritty. It can be dark. It could be like scratching and tearing and, you know, and I'm all for it. I can, I feel like I can explore the darker side a little bit easier with werewolves because werewolves have been the darker side for me. Other than that, though, on the light side, I would love to draw more ponies. Anyone want me to draw some ponies? I will draw TF ponies. I love ponies. I love my little pony. I know the pony fandom itself, you kind of want to, you know, stay a little, 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 you know, it's it's kind of, you know, but, um, but I, was endeared by those designs and they're such sweet cute designs i just it's it's my sugar it's sweetness is pure sweetness so if you got a pony tf you most likely might 
automatically get on the list for that. Hypno, Hypno's good. You mentioned Hypno, and I, yeah, I used to get a lot of people ask for Hypno, and it's really dropped off, and I don't know why. It's, it's good. Mm, horse TFs, again, I get, I get pretty commissioned for that pretty frequently, but, you know, again, horse TFs. I'm making a list for anyone listening. Like, if you, wanna, if you want to commission Hornbuckle, uh, werewolves, and that can be dark and gritty. If you want some sugary lightness, please, my, my little pony. And I always say yes to horse TFs, especially draft horse TFs. Love myself by some drafts horse. Um, lions and tigers. And bears. And I was about to say <laughs> <laughs> And bears. Oh, my. And themes. Mm, anything within that. Yeah. That's, that's my list. That's Commission me. I support this. Also, so I, I will just add on to the werewolves, you know, um, and, you know, to to make sure we hit our explicit rating for this episode. I will just say when it comes to werewolves, uh, there's just so many like cool tropes you can explore for werewolf initiation. I know I got a, a commission from anger boat of me getting railed into a werewolf pack and I'm just saying it's great. So, you know, I'm just saying what you're saying is it's fucking hot. Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. It's fucking hot. So, you know, I just, I do love werewolves, and uh, I, I think we all need more art of werewolves. So, yeah. And I actually do not say for work art. So if anyone wants to be railed into a werewolf, just, you know, hit me up. And also, I highly suggest you hit up Zill for being railed into <laughs> a werewolf, because you and your partner can pose for this photo manip, and finally we can have the two-person werewolf banging hotness that we need. I would love to do that. That would be like my dream project. Hit me up. <laughs> Fuck your partner into werewolf, y'all. It's the truest form of love. Um, <laughs> that's going in the podcast. I would joke that's a cold open, but we already have the mystery fish, so, you know. Did anyone else have any other questions? Would you say that your interest in TF kind of, like, helped you express or discover some of your own, like, queerness? Mm. Wow. Yes. That's a brilliant question. I did feel more open once I actually started my transition. And having helped people with their transition via drawing TF to help them see themselves, I was like... And I already got it before, but then when I felt it in myself, I was like, yes, okay, I feel this. And from there, I have uh, grown and blossomed. I am way more confident and happy in my life that I do find the wonderful queer joy even more so in it while drawing it and exploring it for myself. Thank you for that question, Zach. <laughs> I will also say that, you know, particularly when I was growing up, I knew from a young age that I was not straight. And I kind of dove into various different labels. And it's kind of comical when I think back on it, how, you know, I was on like TF spot, which is like, for those who know, like the grungiest spot for like TF art, making like bad photoshops of like two guys from a porn. And I'm like, I'm like... I'm totally not queer. It's like, whatever. I just like to be that guy. And it's like, oh, honey. Oh, honey. <laughs> so, you know, I, I definitely think that transformation helped me on that front as well. Uh, I've spoken at length about how it's influenced my own gender journey. But like one thing I think in particular that I always hammer home about transformation and, you know, to, to harp on a little bit on psychology, uh, given our, our illustrious presence here, you know, I think that one of the interesting things about transformation is 
it kind of allows for our like minds and synapses to open up these new possibilities as to how we conceptualize ourselves. And, you know, I think one of the cool things about transformation is that no matter where you start, I think the person that you are when you come out the end of it is always like changed in a way. And I am saying that for the pun, but also like I do genuinely mean like you come out of it changed. And sometimes that includes grappling with one's own queerness. And sometimes it just like, you know, it can touch on so many other things. Like it can touch on, you know, one's body image. It can touch on, you know, someone's like self-actualization. Um, being able to, as I mentioned before, like hold to like images of oneself in their mind and be like, you know, I acknowledge that I have these things that maybe I don't always like to express, but I can also still be the person I want to like idealize myself as. And so, you know, I think my own queerness really was tied to um, grappling with my own self image and being able to see myself in these positions that I never had experienced before as of yet, or even just like kind of like idealizing myself in, um, it really did help me to settle into an identity that I felt more confident in as like you said, Hornbuckle. And so, you know, I think that is a beautiful element of transformation. And I think it's beautiful that it doesn't necessarily have to touch on queerness. It can just be about, you know, how you conceptualize yourself period and like where you are right now and where you want to be. So obviously I read into it a very like queer text reading because of how it's affected me and how it's affected a lot of uh, my friends, but you know, it can be so much more than that. And I think that's what truly makes it transcend so many different boundaries. Like it can really affect anyone from any background in any place in the world. And, you know, I know this sounds like hunky dory, but I do mean it like genuinely, I think it does have that kind of an impact on people. And what is a fandom, if not something that changes all the people within it? Again, I know I'm making the pun, but like, I do mean that seriously, you know? So yeah, I'm going to be corny now. Not sure why you're handing it back to me. Cause I think we answered the questions. <laughs> Should I stall while you think of another question? No, actually, I was curious. Oh. I was curious uh, if you have any particular questions, maybe for the audience or for myself, Hornbuckle. All of you, all of you have personas. So I want your name and your fursona, what they are. And it's a brief, just a brief. Oh, you can't, you, Triangle's making a face that says, I can't do brief. So maybe I'll let Triangle go last. Uh, because that interests me. Because they're all very personal. Personas are personal. So, so it's name, persona, and why we picked it? Or Okay. So everyone's heard this one a lot. So I'm actually going to like list a, a few of them. So my name is Zill. Hi, everyone. <laughs> In case you didn't know me, I run a podcast. Yeah. Uh, so my main long... Uh, my main Lombax. My main son is a Lombax. Uh, I've talked about it at length, but uh, I really do feel like Ratchet's Journey is very much like a queer found family story. And I think that's really beautiful. And I don't think that's necessarily what the writers did when they created him, but I don't give a fuck. That's how I'm going to read it. So he's mine to read how I want him to. I love him. So that was always like the big read in for me. And like, you know, they have big ears, they have long tails, 
all the great stuff. I have two alts. Uh, one is a dragon, which honestly I kind of like read a lot of my horny energy into. So that's kind of like a vessel for that to some degree. Also, like the dragon sona that I have is a mixture of like Eastern and Western influences, which I think is really cool because basically I'm an indecisive Libra bitch. And I was like, I like both. I don't want to pick. So I'm just going to have both. So, you know, whatever. Uh, so that's great. Um, and uh, like the color scheme is like black and magenta, which I think is very gay. So we love that. And then the other one I have uh, is a, a snow leopard. And one of the things I really like about that one, Snow Leopard is a Sona species that I considered when I initially was like thinking about like Lombacks and settled on Lombacks that I've come back to since uh, because I was like, I don't need to have a limit on how many Sonas I want to have. Like, fuck anyone who says otherwise. But like, not just like the fluffiness and I love their tails and their pattern and everything, but like that Sona in particular, I view as like kind of like a warm kind of confident and comforting kind of character and I think it's really interesting to have multiple sonas in which you kind of express multiple elements of the self because we're all multifaceted so I kind of view the snow leopard as a way to embody that like calmness and like warmth and reassuring to other people as well as myself um, and I kind of use that as a kind of form to present myself in those situations and also like again I'm a big cat. Like, at the end of the day, like, I have cat energy. It's just very strong. So, of course, one of my alts was going to be a cat. So, anyways. Hello, this is Ornero the Owl. Hootinen. So, when it comes to the origin of of my persona, why I chose it, you can either look at what actually happened or the psychoanalysis after the fact. (laughs) What happened was that I was uh, I stumbled upon the character. I liked it. And I was like, yes. <laughs> but when we uh, psychoanalyzed my choice for like a bird, owl specifically, I knew I wanted to make a bird. Birds have always stood out to me because during the roughest periods of my life, <coughs> 2020 onwards, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I always look towards the birds outside as a sort of serenity, a calm, a all of creation is right type moment. And so with that fostered a dear love for birds and so when I'm creating a persona naturally I want to dip into the idealism the idyllic in terms of how I express myself and how people will view me because ultimately persona also views changes how everyone else views you especially if they know you only online (laughs) and now for the owl I am very happy to say it was not the bigot magic school books that did it In fact, I actually stumbled upon that just because I was choosing bird faces. And I liked the owl because there's a, the flat face primarily and the ability to express with it and have patterns and whatnot. Um, if you ever look at my fursona, I have swirls and dots on there, which is partially based off the uh, little tribal dudes from Monster Hunter 3 Ultimate. Uh, <laughs> and also something that during looks aesthetically appealing. And so... Um, when I was designing it, what I was designing, the very first thing in mind was, how can I make the, um, I was designing for a specific experience. How can I make a character that can be vored as pleasantly as possible? <laughs> <laughs> can I say I like chicken? No. <laughs> yeah. He had a goal and he knew what it was. <laughs> and so, um, if you, so I, I baked in a way for him to magically uh, unsummon his wings because I figured that would be unpleasant. And um, <laughs> well, I was originally going to make him wingless, but, you know, why choose when he can have both? <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> 
And um, honestly, I think that's a pretty good way to describe transformation. Why choose if you can have all of it? <laughs> Hi, my name is Zach Loop, and uh, my first son is also named Zach, which is lame, but I'll get to that in a second. Um, so I chose just a regular plain ass wolf originally because I first started becoming a furry when I was watching an anime called Wolf Strain way Yay! back in 2003. <laughs> 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 Clearly some other people resonated with that. Yes, bitch, yes. <laughs> so Part of my queer awakening was that I started role playing as a wolf, of course, like in that it's not quite TF, but they have like forms that are like human forms, but they're not really human forms. It's a whole thing. You have to watch. So anyways, um, so I started role playing as this like wolf character who also had a human form and I slowly just abandoned that and I was like, it's just a wolf. And part of that was because I, um, started to before i even knew i was trans i liked that this character didn't have to have like boobs it didn't have to adhere to womanhood it could just be a freaking wolf and um eventually i kind of like i well at the time obviously I had a different name and um, i started cosplaying as zach fair from final fantasy 7 and that's how i chose my name zach when i came out as trans um, so my fursona inherited that name long before I actually even was going as trans. I was just like, oh yeah, my name is this, but my fursona's name is Zach. Um, real sly of me. <laughs> and then I put away my main fursona for a while after going for, through something traumatic. We're not going to get into that. So, and I created a secondary fursona named Charlie, who is a coyote and he is a pirate and he represents... Well, he's not quite a pirate, but we're just going to call him a pirate. He just kind of represents, like, you know, almost like the dark side of my personality, like exploring, you know, the mischievous and the chaotic because coyotes have that mischievous, chaotic energy. But now he's become a bit of a happier character now that I'm in a better place, and he's still kind of mischievous and chaotic, but in a positive way and not in an unhinged way. Anyway, so I brought back my main persona, Zach, about two years ago after giving him, like, a good six-year hiatus, and I changed him from a generic basic bitch black wolf into a Florida black wolf, which is actually an extinct species of wolf that used to live in Florida that not very many people know about, but I thought it was cool because I was born in Florida, so I thought it'd be fun to, like, make my character this, like, little tiny piece of Florida history that no longer exists. And that's the story of my guy. <laughs> My persona is Professor Scritch. Um, professor Scritch is a psychology professor. I'm a psychology professor. Um, and Professor Scritch is really a um, idealized version of myself in a lot of ways, someone I aspire to. Um, so um, I get like 500 emails a day. Professor Scritch is kind of an old school academic who can just sit down and think and smoke his pipe. And, and he's a beagle, I should mention as well. And, and kind of just as a beagle, just happy-go-lucky, um, really kind of very gentle, very kind, and, and kind of the type of, of person I want to be. It's a kind of an academic idealization of what the job is and also someone I aspire to be, someone I try, who's always kind, who's always helping people and um, always kind of trying to please people it's that my dog nature of kind of just trying to please people and, and kind of making people happy um, and that's really what Professor Scritch is for me just a, a idealized version of what I aspire to be that was so short are you sure that's I, it that's, uh, yeah no that there, uh, there are a lot of other things I, I used to be a wolf um, so I used to be a wolf um, <laughs> uh, when I was a, a graduate student was an undergraduate and even back high school and before that I used to be a therapy I mean 
I was a Therian. I may be still a Therian type of, of person, um, very kind of wolf-oriented. But then I got married, and I became domesticated, and that's when I switched to a beagle. <laughs> that's so sweet. I love it. Oh, my God, that's so sweet. That, that makes my Yes, mine too. I'm sighing deeply again. I, you so, had so much time to think of this. I know you. It, it made it worse. It made it more. It made me more nervous. Uh, I, I have one because I didn't have a Sona until I still don't have a Sona. I have one proto Sona who may be a Sona for the past like three or four months or so. Who basically is a uh, a sign spinner. It's a way I view myself essentially. Uh, their name is Emil. Basically, it's sort of this sort of like cyberpunk universe of them basically being a walking fucking advertising billboard, basically just representing all the other shit besides themselves. And I don't know, something about like this sort of like dystopian dimension, but also like visually speaking, very fucking cool. Like you can do so much with that. And the idea being that basically um, powered off, just fucking regular old whatever, like kind of a white cat type situation and powered on, fucking fiber optic like white just completely energized only when resonating the things that other people are sort of broadcasting through it so so sort of working on that working with a few different artists and sort of like visualize visualizing that i don't know but it's fun it's fun to i guess embrace like something that is so visually open to interpretation like there's so many different ways right of like visualizing uh, a character who's depicted like that, that it's interesting. So that's uh, that's number one for me. I'm jealous of all you motherfuckers. You have like three or four, like, oh, I've got like five different sonas. This is like my sona. I think you're just impersonating Zilda's. Is this, is this I was going to say, I think you're calling me out right now, and that's fine. Uh, what I will just say to that is you need to get on my level, okay? Yes, I agree. I agree. I agree. But I, I do love that concept. I think that's really cool. And, like, there's something very deep that resonated with that one sentence you said of, like, you know, being anything but yourself, which, oh, oh, okay, we're reading everyone here right now, you know? Yeah, welcome to group therapy. My name is Zell. I'm your group therapist. That's what this podcast is. No, I'm kidding. Join the TF Tuesday Patreon, and you, too, <laughs> could join in group therapy. Triangle says you can do this, so you should. It's oh $5 God. a month. <laughs> more. It's definitely more. You should definitely pay more. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Oh, I just realized I didn't yeah, no, do mine. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. Hornbuckle. And my son's name is Hornbuckle. Uh, and I do have a real name. Some of you know it. I don't mind you don't know, but I'm not going to put it on the podcast. You don't need to know it. <laughs> <laughs> I am HB Hornbuckle, or God to you as far as I am concerned. You're concerned. I said that phrase wrong. Like I'm not very godly. Anyway. H.P. Lovecraft. H.P. Lovecraft. More lo- racist <laughs> motherfucker. Move on. More, more co- no, H.P. Lovecraft yeah, was racist. I thought you were calling me H.B. Lovecraft. More cosmic horror without the racism. <laughs> exactly. A little more sugar. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Yes. Not H.P. like the Lovecraft. Anyway. I will not get into the various forms I had. I did not start off as a unicorn. It is not important to me because I have shed my skin like I have done in real life, and I have realized I am the unicorn because I had always, always made other people unicorns in my life, and I finally put myself first and realized I'm the fucking unicorn in this, in this world. I love that, and I love you putting yourself first. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Record that applause. 
Very good, very good. <laughs> Triangle continues to be the loudest member of the audience. Yes, I'm calling you out on recorded form. It's okay, we love you. Um, <laughs> one more question? Yeah. Uh, what's your favorite podcast? No wrong answers. Okay, so I'm not going to be a narcissist here because I actually do like a different podcast. So as much as I love my own podcast, I have to edit it. And so I could never truly have it be my favorite one because I have to listen to it four or five times every episode. Hence why I remember things like episode numbers because I'm like, I sat through that for five fucking hours. So I will say that um, one of my favorite podcasts, and I, I know this is a basic bitch answer. Please don't at me. I do love The Daily uh, I listen to it pretty much every single fucking day. I know the New York Times has a lot of problems, so I'm I'm not giving them money, so I feel like my conscience is clean. But, you know, something, uh, yeah, something I really like about The Daily is I am very much the kind of person who consumes a lot of news. I think it's, personally, I find it empowering to read more of the news. I don't fall into, like, despair spirals or anything like that because in my mind, knowledge is power. So I will consume as much knowledge as I have and use that in any way that I can. And I think that The Daily in particular will highlight very specific issues that I'm interested in hearing about. And I don't necessarily agree with all the fucking things they say on that podcast, let me be clear. But I, at the very least, will hear another point of view into whatever the topic is. And then I can form my own opinion. And I think that's really important for any podcast you listen to, including this one. Like, always form your own opinion on the topic. You're hearing one point of view from like you know a specific person but that doesn't mean that you can't build off of that and make your own opinion and develop something new in your mind so uh yeah i would say the daily is probably my favorite podcast i'll also give like another one a shout out um i do like today explained by vox um they're also pretty great sometimes they cover the same topic on the same day as the daily and then it's actually really interesting because then i'll listen to the next one and i'll be like okay they're approaching it from a slightly different way uh usually with more of like a leftist ish kind of perspective which i appreciate but anyways but yeah i would say daily's my favorite today explain honorary mention tf tuesday <laughs> Is my favorite podcast. Triangle, what is your favorite podcast and why is it TF Tuesday? It's TF Tuesday because every Tuesday I know that I have something that I can listen to that's going to make me TF. This is literally the only podcast I listen to. (laughs) From Professor Script. You should too. Sometimes I will drive home at the wrong hour just so I can have a longer commute so I can finish the podcast. <laughs> That's love right there. Y'all are going to make me cry. I love it. Can we hear you cry? Can you cry on microphone? No, don't make me cry on... Listen. Listen, I used to act. <laughs> Big fucking and- It's really mean of you to make me do this <laughs> because, listen, I want an Oscar in another life, okay? <laughs> and I just, it's really hard for me right now to do this. So I'm going to pass this. I can't, I can't. <laughs> that was beautiful. <laughs> Zach Loop, what is your favorite podcast and why is it TF Tuesday? Well, this is the only podcast that I've ever been honorarily mentioned in, so that is why. (laughs) A valid reason. But also, this is my first time discovering it, so from now on, I'll definitely listen in. (laughs) Woo! We made a new fan! I appreciate your honesty. Like and subscribe. What? Like and subscribe. Wait a second, are we recording?
recording a podcast right now? <laughs> this just in. Hanging out. <laughs> this just in. Just talking into a microphone like we always do. <laughs> Triangle is slowly coming off of the mushrooms and finally has realized that we are doing. (laughs) (laughs) Don't mind that. Their soul is melting. Ornero, what is your favorite podcast and why is it TF Tuesday? So, you know what? Honest to God, I might be able to answer this unironically because TF Tuesday is very high up there. Because when it comes to podcasts, one of the most important things is that they have something really interesting to say. And the level, the amount of introspection and deep thought that comes into what, on the surface, might seem like a shallow subject. There is so much depth I would have never imagined existing within the TF community. Because I've come from some, I've come from outside the TF community for 99.999% of my life. <laughs> and so just here, just the... Any kink thinkosphere podcast, when it really delves into the psychology, into the appeal, and even in this case, the very human aspect of the community, and also as a good interviewer, so. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I will say, uh, first of all, the point of this podcast is always to teach us to how to be more human, which I think is deeply ironic. But also, you know, this podcast is the sum of its parts, and not only is it all of the wonderful guests who get to come on, a big part of it is my co-host, Libra. We love you, Libra. Uh, yeah. And I would be remiss not to mention him. Um, also, our amazing editor who doesn't get enough love, uh, Levi Irisher, uh, who you probably won't find online, but he does a lot of good work for editing the podcast. So, MVP. True MVP. Um, and yeah, just all the incredible guests who have come on the show and helped out over the years. I mean, we've had like three seasons of the show, which is like fucking insane to me. I can't believe that. But yeah, it's so much of it comes from just having incredible guests on and having audience participation. I mean, we have the audience questions at the end of our episodes for a reason. And I find that that's another uh, example of how the TF community enriches the podcast. So I really do appreciate everyone who listens and uh, contributes through the Patreon or through comments or just listening. Like, even if you aren't contributing, like, if you're just listening, that makes me happy because I see your little uh, view go on my little anchor dashboard and I'm like, oh, the, you know, someone else listened to it today. That makes me very happy because I'm that kind of a person who, like, obsessively tracks statistics because uh, that's where my engineering brain goes. But, anyways. Well, I think that's everything we had to cover for today. If people are interested in finding you, Hornbuckle, besides, you know, for the rest of the convention, where can they find you? You can find me at artbyhornbuckle.com. And on my website, I have links to all of my social media and art galleries and other places you can find me. You can also find me at transform.patreon.com. That Patreon is being dedicated to being a income where a rescue draft horse can find their forever home next spring that is my plan so please join we do lots of fun things giveaways uh, suggestions and polls and tf prompts and all of it's going to a great cause every penny goes straight towards saving up for uh, the draft horse rescue and uh, for then their long-term forever home maintenance care so please join me there and if you are a fan of twitter no i'm just kidding no one's a fan of twitter but if <laughs> if if you are having to be a slave to twitter uh you can find me there as well at art by hornbuckle uh, give me a follow thank you so much Zill.
Thank you for coming on. And uh, one more person I just want to mention before I forget, because, you know, uh, I also want to shout out Honey Bear, who helped with the visuals. It was a collaborative project between Calibra and Honey Bear, and I just want to shout out both of them for that. They helped us redo the visuals for season three, and I would be remiss not to mention them. So a big thank you to both of them for the visuals as well. So, yeah. Um, well, thank you, everyone, for listening. I hope you had as much fun listening as we all did recording. Um, special thank you to our very live and interactive audience here at FWA. I can say that this has already been the highlight of my first FWA. Obviously, nothing's going to top this. And, um, you know, FWA, like, call me next time. Like, please, put me on the schedule because we have a good time. So, you know, next time I'm here, you know, maybe consider that. But um, you'll catch me around at AC if you're coming to Anthrocon. I will be there and I will be running things. So in the meantime, as always, uh, thank you so much, everyone, for listening. You can always support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Pod. And I just want to say, as always, you know, I hope that you all have a great week. I hope that you all stay hydrated, get some good sleep, keep an open mind, and stay TFE. And I will see you all again. And yes, the animals are dirty. The animals are dirty. (laughs) Thank you so much, everyone. (laughs) Woo!